It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, always enjoy our Sunday morning visits here on 94.1, a time where we talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and God's glorious kingdom. This is show number 1114 today. And that's a lot of talking over a lot of years. I have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that's just the way we just do it. Let me remind you that if you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, you need to give me a call. Let me get you on the show. We'll talk about your passion. Area code 850-567-1703. Today I have uh, Pastor Charles Coleman. He is a pastor of Christian Life Fellowship out on Centerville Road. Brother Coleman, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, how long have be you here. been? How long have you been a pastor there now? I have been at Christian Life Fellowship twenty years. Twenty years. And uh, don't have any intent to go anywhere at this moment. <laughs> that sounds like yeah, a plan yeah, to me. Yeah. And I've known you during those whole twenty years. Yeah. We we met way back. Uh, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure where we met at, but you've been on the radio show with me before. It's been several years. Yes. Now, just to tell you just how long it has been, I started this show in 2002 over at WCVC, 1330 AM. That's where you came to was the old trailer over there. Yeah. And you brought a friend with you. I did. And uh, I remember the show. And I don't know why it is that I haven't had you back over all these years. Yeah, I the, just... Maybe might have been somewhere along the line. Maybe I called you and you couldn't or something. I'm not sure, but uh, that's unusual that I do that because I have people who I bring on the show regular and always enjoy conversation because we talk about uh, passion, talk about the kingdom of God. And uh, is this the first church you've pastored? Did you pastor other churches before that? First time. First time. I uh, spent eight years in prisons and jails. Uh, in reality, learning how to be a man of God. Uh-huh. Uh, before that, I spent 24 years in the military. So, and uh, tell us what kind. What I was <laughs> I was in the Navy. And, in the Navy, uh, spent four years on submarines. Spent 20 years in in aviation and different types of aircraft. Right, right. And, uh, of course, the, the congregation, the people who listen every Sunday, they know I was in Navy, too. So we, <laughs> we just got that in common. And believe me, we've already had those conversations before we started the show here tonight. You get a couple of Navy guys together. Well, let, me, uh, let me say this. I, uh, I finally got orders to Hawaii. Oh, wow. And uh, wasn't there six months, and the Lord told me to get out and go preach the gospel. Really? And uh, I had no idea I was supposed to be a preacher at any moment. Huh. And he just troubled me and troubled me, and I argued as long as I could argue. And I said, okay, I'll get out if you'll do these things. If these things happen, I'll do it. And it happened in two weeks. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I took my uh, my calling, and I went on out, and I decided that I should be an executive pastor and not a, you know, a pastor that preached every week. Uh-huh. And, I done planned it out, and you know God didn't have to have me speaking. So, but uh, he didn't let me go that way. He, no, he told me you will speak. 
I went to the prison for the first time when I left, and chaplain called up the pastor I was under and said, you sure this guy's called to preach? Huh. And uh, he never told me, but he never sent me back to that chaplain either. <laughs> so had how long had you been a believer at that time when the Lord told you to get My out of the life. So you, you grew up in church more or less. Yeah, I grew okay. up in church. I got saved. And, and the reality of it is I know I got saved uh-huh. when I was eight years old. Okay. And uh, the Lord's always worked on me. So, you know, the Holy Spirit was always there, even though you don't recognize that as a youth. Right. Right. But, uh, you, 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 after you experience the Lord in the, in the, in, you know, and when the Holy Spirit's talking to you, and then you realize that all the way back there, the Holy Spirit was talking and God's always led my life. I didn't always do what I should do, but He always brought me back. Amen. And, and here I am some years later. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, I'm 73 years old. So, and uh, I have enjoyed the Lord. And it's in the life that he has given me. So wonderful. Yeah. So now, how old were you when you went in the military? Nineteen. You were nineteen, and uh, I turned nineteen in boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, you you grew up in church, and you were a believer when you went in the, in the navy, right? Oh yes. Uh-huh. Did anything there change you as far as your belief or no it wasn't as probably wasn't as difficult back then you know a lot more people believed uh-huh. and a lot more people were and i'll use this word for failure to probably use the right words but people feared the lord back then uh-huh. more so yeah and i would agree with that and so it wasn't that difficult to to be a christian in the military back uh-huh. then and and of course you always had that opportunity to go the other way and, uh, you know, I found friends that were Christians, and we ended up not going that way. So. Right. Well, I know when, when I was on the on the carrier, uh, I had a group of friends that were, we were believers, and we would actually have uh, meetings sometimes uh, uh, down in the bowels of the ship. We'd use those uh, milk cartons to stack them up and make a pulpit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never did none of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, to, just to my, my group. You know, there were other groups. There were the navigators were there. There was a group of navigators yeah. and different ones, and, and they had their their different groups. And of course, you know, when you're out, you know, a whole lot of other places to go. And, and of course, uh, there'd be times that we were on a carrier. We were busy when we were actually out That's flying right. traps. But you know, if you're on our way to Corpus Christi, we'd have a ten-hour steaming down there, and you had a little time to have a little church service, and that was, that was good. And, and I think you were right. But I will say this: uh, you stood out. Or at least I did as a believer. Oh yeah, and, uh, absolutely, uh, and, did. And I wore a big old red beard during my Navy time, <laughs> and they they they, they called me Rabbi. Oh, that was. <laughs> and I, and I, I couldn't I couldn't get them to stop doing it. They said, "Hey, hey, hey Rabbi," and I said, "Well, I'm not even Jewish." <laughs> they said, "Rabbi," <laughs> but the thing is, uh, I was told by somebody. They said, when you get in the Navy, you'll change, and you'll become this and that. And I said, no, I don't have to do that. If I believe, I believe. That's right. And, uh, and of course, uh, I'm sure you're like I am. You probably led some people to Christ while you were there. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and that's just all a part of the, of the experience. Uh, I had a, a chaplain. And I feel like I'm doing all the talking here. But, go ahead. <laughs> but, but I had a chaplain on the show, and he was an Army chaplain. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, what about uh, uh, 
young men and their belief. He said, if you are about to go into a battle, he said, it's not hard to find believers. <laughs> it's true, too. Yeah. And he said, man, yeah. we'd make an altar out of a Jeep <laughs> or, or anything we could find and, oh, and, wow. and, and pray with us, those yeah. young men. And that's true. That's true because those, those are tough, tough times. But they said, how long were you in now? 20, 24 years. 24 years. Did you all over the world? Did I what? Did you go all over the world? I went to both sides of the world. Did you? Uh, I didn't see everything. Okay. Uh, I was uh, part of the Westpac Navy, and I was mostly on the East Coast. Yeah. Are you are you shellback? Uh, no. No. <laughs> All of that travel. Yeah. <laughs> and we were supposed to go one time, yeah. and we didn't. That, we, that, we, that, the radio it. audience wants to know what we're talking yeah. about. What are we talking about here? Yeah, well, you're talking about passing over the equator. That's right. If you if you cross the equator, you become a shellback, yeah. and I never did either. So, yeah. <laughs> so but now, uh, so you got out of the military because God spoke to you. Yes. And he says very specifically that you were to go into the ministry. Yeah, he told me I was to go preach the gospel. And, you know, I, I was telling you that, you know, I was no preacher. I wasn't even a speaker, so uh, it just scared the living daylights out of me, and I, <laughs> I asked the Lord many times, surely you made a mistake. It's not, I'm not who you're talking to. Uh-huh. And, um, but he wouldn't leave me alone until uh-huh. I did what he asked me to do. So. How long? How long did that process take? If it, just- amazingly, like, I, you know, Linda and I moved to Hawaii and we were, you know, we were going to enjoy the islands for three years. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I was there six months and the Lord started talking to me. And six months later, I'm out of the Navy. That's because you were you were a warrant officer at that time. Yeah. And so you were no longer enlisted. You were commissioned at yeah. that point. Commissioned officer. Because you, you could do that if you're an officer. <laughs> you could just say, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. But yeah. you're enlisted. You know, you're going you're gonna to finish out that, that enlistment. Well, that was one of those things that, you know, I told the Lord if they will let me. And I had just been promoted. So, you know, you have to do three years after a promotion. And I, I think I had a little over a year into it. So I told the Lord, you know, I had to keep my promotion, and they had to send me all the way back to Jacksonville, Florida, and I was in Hawaii, so. <laughs> and they did it without thinking about it. And just two weeks later, I had my orders in hand, so. And then, then you were out. That well, day. you know, it took two or three months, so. Processing me, right, stuff, right. Okay, I was gone. So now, now all of a sudden, you're out of the navy, and of course, you know they're they're very rude about they they stop sending the checks <laughs> because now you got retirement because yeah. you actually retired, so you were still getting an income. Yeah, per, 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 so how did you go about getting into the ministry? What what did you do? Well, that was the struggle to start with. Cause, you know, I never preached. I never. Uh, did that type of ministry? You know, I had youth groups and Bible studies and stuff, but I never uh, actually took on a position as you know the part of the leadership of a church. But uh, I went back to one of the churches that I had been to, and I kind of wanted them to help me, and uh, they did nothing to help me at all. <laughs> uh, which makes you think again. You know, did you make a mistake? Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. you, you, you and. Uh, I'll say this, and I, I I don't mean it in any malice or anything, but uh, the pastor of that church told me I was no pastor, uh-huh. and uh, that uh, you know basically you're just wanting to be something you're not. Uh-huh. Yeah. But and so you have these transition moments sure, like that, sure. and, 
And so I stayed there a while, and finally, you know, the Lord said, I told you to go preach. Uh-huh. And, you know, he didn't. He don't speak to you like that, but he troubles your spirit. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I, I went to another church, and uh, I was just sitting there one day, and he caught me out in the vest view coming out, and he said, uh, why are you here? Uh-huh. And uh, I said, find a church. I mean, we're looking for a church. And then, now, we, who, who called you out? The, Vaughn McLaughlin. Oh, the, the, the pastor? Or so? Yeah, okay, Vaughn okay. McLaughlin, which he's in Jacksonville. Yeah, well, big church. The reason I'm clarifying, because yeah. you were talking about the Lord. I thought, well, the Lord has spoke to you, but this was an actual person. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so he says, why are you here? And I said, looking for a church. And he just looks at me and goes, no. He said, why are you here? Uh-huh. I said, looking for a church. <laughs> then he goes, uh uh, what are you supposed to be doing in church? And I said, well, the Lord's called me to preach. He said, you ever done that? I went, no, <laughs> never done that. And he goes, would you like to? I said, I guess I have to, is what right, I said. Right. And he calls uh, one of his elders over, and he says, uh, this is Elder Scheider, and uh, he does the prison ministries here. We got about 40 people in the prisons out there. They go out there every week. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, would you like to go out there and see what that's about? And I said, sure. Okay. And I went out there a couple weeks, and he met me out in the best view again. He said, what do you think? I said, yeah, I'd like to try this. And so he set it up, and I started going out with them 40 guys. Uh-huh. And I'd have my turn. <laughs> and uh, Okay, do you remember the first time? Oh, yeah, I remember. What, 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 what was that like? Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's kind of like the guys you let preach at your church for the first time. <laughs> they got about five, ten minutes, and they're done. You know, right, they, right, They right. can't remember nothing. Yeah, right. But uh, anyway. That, but how did you feel after that had happened? After after you, you preached that first sermon to those prisoners, oh, how did was, you feel? I was ready to quit. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, probably about. Two, three years when I'd go out into prisons, I'd I'd come home and go, I'm done. I'm not preaching again. Uh-huh. And one Sunday, I remember, like it was yesterday, I said, Lord, I said, if you don't anoint me to do this, I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I heard that voice say, I have anointed you to preach the gospel. Wow. And he said, try using it. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I'm interpreting here. He said, let it flow. Let yourself just flow through the let Holy it, Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you have the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. He said, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you, Let you know. And uh, 20-something years later. Wow. I got it. So, so things changed from that point on. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. And uh, I really started growing in my uh, ability to speak in you right, know, and, right. And but see that's that's an amazing thing and I know exactly what you're talking about because there, there's been times when uh, you know you've been a pulpit or whatever and, and you're just not you just you just know you're just not flowing it's just something oh, yeah. you know just not there I, I do this a lot of times when I come in on Sunday nights to do the my daily broadcast that, that I, because I do all of them uh, in one setting Right, and uh, so I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, and it's a, it's, it's four minutes. It's a four minute sermon, and I realize that I'm, I'm struggling here, and then I, I just have to stop, and just, just, just go to prayer and say, God, you know, 
take me out of this thing and just because I can tell I can tell when I'm when I'm flowing and when I'm not yeah but it's just so important to be able to just say Lord I just just make me a vessel and just flow through me it's amazing so so what you once that happened things begin to change it did change right now and you know when you should get up and preach and when you should wait and let the music continue on <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So all of this was uh, happening through the local church. So um, not the last part of it. I, uh, I actually, when I came back from uh, Houston, I went to the prisons. I said I want to do some ministry. Okay, out okay. Here. What happened in Houston? You said you came back from Houston. What happened in Houston? Well, we went out to Houston to. Uh, try to help someone in ministry and, and be uh, part of the leadership of that ministry. And, uh-huh. of course, it didn't work out. So, so, so you, were, you were in Jacksonville working with a local church and going to the prison, and now, and, but now God's called you. Or you felt like God called, called you. Well, I think he told me to go there. Okay. I mean, I don't uh, – it didn't work out the way I saw it. Uh-huh. You know? But uh, I learned a lot about church and people. Right. And, uh, and how long were you there? A uh, year and a half or so. Okay, so so you're in Houston for a while working with another ministry. Were you? T- well, were you- I was doing prison ministry out there too. Okay, and, and then, I uh, also had a, a small group that okay. we did. But something said it's time to go back to Jacksonville. Oh, it didn't take long to figure that out. <laughs> it just took me a while to. I had a great job, you know. I, yeah, uh, and uh, I was ready for a promotion, which would have really gave us. A lot of tremendous amount of money, and I liked Houston, uh-huh. but Linda didn't. Okay, so you were in secular work, oh yeah, and, and doing ministry, oh yeah, along with even when you were in Jacksonville, eight years, yeah, okay, and then uh, so the, the you you realize that uh, this is not where I'm supposed to be now in Houston. So the Lord leads you back to Jacksonville, okay. and, and and the job situation all went fine. Well, I didn't get to keep that job. Yeah. And, but they think, you know, always, Lord always bless me with right. the job. But, but I was saying, when you left Jacksonville to go to Houston, was it like a transfer or just a, had to go get a totally different job? Oh, I, I was out of work for six months then. Ah. Mm. First then, time I've ever been out of work. Really? Yeah. And so then when you went back to Jacksonville, the same thing? No. I, went, I came, took a vacation, come, found a job. Wow. We made wow. a move after I found okay. a job. Now, was there things that you did in the Navy that were beneficial in the, your secular work? Nah. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> How about that? I worked in uh, automotive software, automotive finance, um, mortgages, really? things like that. But uh, you had to have some type of a training or background in that, didn't you? No. No? You're just a smart guy. Well, you know, you... <laughs> you got plenty of sense when you're <laughs> when you're young. So. <laughs> okay, so so all right, so now you're you're back in Jacksonville again, same church. Uh, when I went back from Houston, uh, we went back to, to the other church that didn't. Uh, and this is actually when he, you know, he told me I wasn't a pastor because I told him I got I got to go preach. I can't stay here. And he, Right. Uh, you know, and he didn't invite me to do that. So, and when we went over to the other church, then we went to Houston from there. And then we came back and I started the ministry in the prisons. And I, I preached out there every week. Uh-huh. I preached uh, twice on Sunday and once on Thursday. Okay. I relieved the chaplain in two different 
uh, prisons. Okay. I was in one place one week and the other place the next week. And so that was the ministry that I was doing. Then. So so you began a ministry separate from the church. Yeah. That, that God had called you to do. Yeah. And now you, you're preaching in several different places in the prisons, prisons. Yeah. but you're still doing secular work for your income. Right. Still okay. doing uh, that's that's pretty remarkable yeah. to uh, establish a ministry like that. I mean, did I mean did you go through the whole gamut of getting a five hundred one c three and all that sort of thing? No, no, uh, I didn't do that till I came here. Okay, so now did you have others that came under you as you were going into these prisons doing this? Uh, I had one other guy. Okay, we, we worked together. And uh, had he done prison before? He'd actually been in prison before. So. <laughs> <laughs> he had done prison yeah, before. <laughs> he, he knew how to talk to them. Okay, okay. Let me tell you this little short story. All right. I had preached to him one day, and he was standing over there. And I, I never asked somebody, you know, would you like, you got anything to say? And But that day, I just looked over at him. I, I invited them to come up and get saved. And typically, you have one or two or three. And but that day nobody came up, and I preached a really good message. And and I said, "Would you like?" Yeah, I said, "Clarence, you got anything to say?" And he went, "Matter of fact, I do." And he grabbed that microphone out of my hand. Oh! <laughs> and he looked at them, and he said, "All you guys are going to hell." <laughs> I said, "The man done told you about Jesus. Ain't none of y'all got saved." Four guys came up and got saved. Wow! Wow! And uh, that was the kind of guy he was. Okay, so th- at that time he was still in prison. No, 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 no. He'd no. been doing mi- prison ministry yeah. before I started. So, so how did you two connect up? Uh, church. Okay. So, so you met him at church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get have a conversation. Yeah. Find out that he was in prison at one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, had he ever done prison ministry other, other than he what he was doing in? it? Okay. Ever since he come out of prison, he had been doing it. So okay. He had probably been doing it ten. 12 years before I ever came along. Okay, and maybe under the church ministry or such? He didn't, uh, yeah, he was probably, well, you know, he probably, yeah, he, he probably wasn't doing it from the church. He okay. was he was probably independently out there. You okay, know, he, okay. But uh, I, I met him, and when I started the ministry, he wanted to go with me and do that. So okay. we, we started... Uh, you know, we started doing those prisons. Okay. And now, now, when you go, are you allowed to take music with you when you go to these people? Oh, this, yeah, I, I wish people could experience this because um, I would go out there with a CD, uh-huh. some music I want done. And this is the kind of talent that's in prisons. Okay. And the guy could come over 30 minutes before we started ministry. I would hand him a CD, <clears throat> and not only could he play it and sing it, but the group could play it and sing it uh-huh. in 30 minutes. Yeah. I've heard this. I've heard this before. Yeah. That, uh, and, you know, there'd be 100 guys, 125 guys in there. And I was blown away with the talent. Uh-huh. And there was one guy that, uh, he was probably the best singer I ever heard. Uh-huh. And that uh, sang it the other side, on the other side where I went. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, so, and this is where God brought me to the place that I realized that people make mistakes, uh-huh. but God has people in every area of life, including prisons, sure. that he had called them, and for some reason or whatever, they made mistakes, and they're there, but that doesn't mean that God has left them out. No, no. And uh, the, the prison ministries actually work. 
the statistic back then, I don't know what it is today, was 85% of the guys that went to church services regularly when they got out didn't come back. Wow. That's, that's an amazing statistic. And then it, yeah. it was just the opposite. The uh-huh. guys that didn't do prison ministry, 85% of them came back. But uh, how does it work as far as uh, there are certain hours, like maybe on a Sunday, this, this service, this service, and then the, yeah. I guess they would be billed different ways. I mean, how would a uh, prisoner determine which service they want to go to? Are they, are they allowed to go to all of them? They can go to all of them. Uh-huh. Um, if they knew I was coming, they went. Uh-huh. They, you know, they, and they knew who was going to be there that week. Now, did you have a name for your service? So the, the, I, the, I didn't. Uh, the chaplain was pretty. Uh, I didn't want to make him angry about anything because uh-huh. he had been very generous with. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. And, uh, so you know that the only thing I did was when I went to him. And so I want to start a ministry, and I don't want—I don't have a church to represent me. And that's when he told me. He said, "I got hundreds of people coming in here, wow, wow, doing ministry." And he said, "You don't have a church?" He said, "I don't need you." Oh, really? Yeah. And then uh, I said, "Okay, that's fine." I said, I'm, "I'm here to tell you I want to do ministry in your prison." And we talked for a little while, and at the end, he goes, "I'll let you do a Bible study on Thursday night." Okay. And I went, no, I'm not doing a Bible study. I'm preaching. I'm coming to preach the gospel. Uh-huh. And he went, fine. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> so in, within four months or so, he started asking me, would you like to fill in on Sunday? Uh-huh. So I'd learn how to preach a little bit by Right, now. right. Now, I didn't tell you. Yeah. This is a guy that told the pastor, and he, don't, he didn't know it, that you sure this guy's called to preach. Really? Yeah. <laughs> God is so good at it. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's how it happened. Yeah. Uh, those guys wrote me for about a year and a half or so after I left. And, you know, that's probably about when they got out. Huh. Wow. Yeah. But now, uh, as the Sunday would go, and using the same facility, there would be a, a two service. Two facilities, yeah. Oh, two different facilities. Yeah. But, I mean, this hour, this service lasts this long, and then yeah, it's first, done, and then you another group would come in? Well, and, well they also had Muslims and Jews, okay. ser- Jewish services and all that, too. And um, After a while, he, had, he told me he wanted me to be in charge of the ministries and stuff, so... I got a special badge. I could go in there whether he was in there or not. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, matter of fact, I could go to any prison in Florida at that time. Wow. Wow. Without a chaplain. So, so now, twelve. I think you said 12 years, right, that you were in prison ministry? Eight. Eight years. So what brought you, what, what, what transpired that, that led you into a different facet of ministry? Well, you know, I had been, and probably it's not the right word, but the Lord was training me training me in this prison ministry uh-huh. to be a pastor because that's it. What Even you, though you said you didn't want to do that. <laughs> right. And so finally one day, you know, again, the Holy Spirit goes, okay, it's time for you to go out and do what I told you to do. And uh, I went, okay, I don't know how to do this. And I had met a pastor in one of the other churches I had gone to, and I went to him one day and I said, I'm supposed to go preach and pastor church and I said I don't even know how to do that uh-huh. and he goes I'll help you out wow and he ordained me into an organization that he had uh-huh. and then once he did that he called Pentecost Holiness Church 
uh, leadership and said, I got a minister that uh, y'all need to ordain and you know, put him in a church somewhere. Really? And that's what they did. And, and that, but as, you, you, as you tell that, that sounds pretty smooth. Was it that smooth? Uh, other than waiting a year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, we, matter of fact, <laughs> Linda and I have been to many churches. And I have the standard <laughs> that's, you know, and I saw a lot of flaws in a lot of people, I guess. Uh-huh. You know, and, and Linda and I would not, we, we weren't going to try to pastor those kind of people. Uh-huh. And so uh, I think that a church, should you shouldn't be trying to figure out who can come to church and who not kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so if everybody's not invited, then I don't want to be there either. Okay, now you're talking about churches that would exclude maybe somebody because of their color or because of their background or something of that nature. Okay, and I would agree with you with that. I think that God's church is God's church. And yeah. uh, whosoever will come, break them. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, um, we went through all of that and they had the opportunity to come over here and Linda said I'm tired of going to these churches she said this is the last one I'm going to she said if they don't want us you better figure out how to start a ministry okay, okay. now you're talking about the church you're pastoring now yeah yeah yeah. So. yeah. So, so this brother that you met or talked to he brought you into the Pentecostal Holiness uh, organization yeah now had you been aware of that before that uh, been to one Pentecostal, been to one Pentecostal Holiness Church for about a year once okay. before. So you were you were pretty much brand new to that particular denomination. Oh yeah, and uh, they went ahead and brought you in. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's I, I know that process. I've yeah. been I sit on our regional board for about thirty years. So I know how that works. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. So now. So they said to you, well, we have a church in Tallahassee. Well, they didn't tell me. I found out about it. Uh-huh. I okay. asked them about it. Okay. And they had some people lined up to go there, and after that went, that didn't happen. They said, okay, we want you to go over there, and they set it up. I preached, and I guess they liked me pretty good. They had to come back. They've kept you for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I remember those days. I remember when yeah. you, because I, I, was, I was familiar with the church. I had known some of the other pastors that had been there. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, when I, I remember meeting you and, and the whole thing. Yeah. But let me just tell the radio audience, you're listening to the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm uh, Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I get to do this every Sunday morning here on 94.1 and love it immensely and appreciate you tuning in. And, and if you know me, and if you've listened before, even if you hadn't, you might as well find out that I love Southern Gospel music and I always play at least one song. This is uh, Mr. Guy Pitrock. I will sing for my redeemer. Mr. Guy Penrod here on the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. 
you know, he can take a song and just jazz it up. An old song for the church. We've been singing it for years and just uh, add a little bass to it. It's pretty good. And, uh, and if you're like me and you like Southern gospel music, then you want to join me on Saturday nights here on 94.1 for the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. It's a full hour. As I say, the best music on the planet. <laughs> we crank it up and have a good time. So make sure you make a note of that. Uh, 7 o'clock, Saturday night, 94.1. And then join me for the daily broadcast, Monday through Friday here on 94.1. 11 o'clock, it's the gospel on the radio broadcast. It's a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God. And, of course, uh, Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock, right here for the gospel on the radio talk show. And you can also find this show on the podcast. So if you listen to it today and you want to hear it again or share it with a friend, then just go to your podcast and type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. It'll come up. There's all kinds of, of the talk shows and the daily broadcast. You can find them there. Uh, today is 1,114 if you want to listen to this again. So that's just uh, information for you. We do not have the music show on the podcast, and you can imagine what that would be like <laughs> trying to deal with all the royalties and things of that nature. I'm also the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. Love visitors. 11.05 is our start time. You can go to frcm.us to find out more about that. Brother Charles Coleman, my guest today, is a pastor of Christian Life Fellowship. And it's on Centerville Road. What is the address there? 3608 Centerville Road. Centerville Road. A pretty church. Kind of sits up on a little bank there. It's got a stone front in the front, in the front of it. You go in the driveway and you actually come in in the backside. That's right. <laughs> That's kind of an unusual design, but it works. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, what time do you start on Sundays? Uh, 10.45 on Sunday, 10 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. Now, we start at 11.05, and we have a reason for that. Why are you all starting at 10.45? Is there a reason or just... Well, just <laughs> it, uh, it worked that way, trying to fit Sunday school into and still give people that edge on getting out to lunch, I guess. <laughs> Got it. Well, the reason why we started 1105 is when we first moved over there on Capitol Circle, my son-in-law was our worship leader, and he was doing uh, sound for a church downtown. Uh-huh. And he had to make the transition from there to our church, and he needed that extra five minutes. <laughs> well, uh, he's now uh, doing music for a church in Thomasville, Georgia, doing great. But uh, that's what's on the, the door, and I'm not going to pay to have it changed. That's right. <laughs> so it's 11.05. I kind of like that. It gives me a little time. Um, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but on Sunday mornings, I had lots of people want to talk to me. And uh, you try to, try to you, you want to make sure that everybody understands they're important, but can it wait until after the service, maybe? And then you, you're dealing with all that sort of thing. And so it gives me an extra five minutes to get all that done. <laughs> As such. Now, as far as being a pastor, a person who'd never pastored a church before, how did that go in those first early days of the transition? How, how did you adapt to it? Just give us some insight here. Well, again, I, I, I think that when you're called to do something, that God gives you talents and abilities that you wouldn't typically uh-huh. have. So. Uh, being in the military for such a long time, I had leadership skills, had people skills. Right. And so I, I never saw it difficult in that capacity of, uh-huh. of a transition from this type of job to that. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the transition issue was, what does God want us to do? Uh-huh. And how are we supposed to do it? You know? Right. And uh, the one thing that you find out real quick is, you don't know what you're doing. You better be asking God the whole time. Oh, boy. <laughs> and secondly, uh, it, it's important that the approach to people is love. Uh-huh. And I, I have found over the years that if you love people, most things will work out. Uh-huh. Well, and uh, I think there's some wisdom in that. I really do. You know? I, uh, I, I preach the word. I don't uh-huh. water it down. I don't sugar it. I, it is the word, and that's the way you get it. So, right, right. Uh, some people appreciate that. Some people don't. <laughs> you know, now, the, one of the things about it is that in, when you're in church work, though, you don't give people orders. You know, when you're in the military, you know, you got rank, and they're going to do what you say. Absolutely. And uh, in the church world, it's a little different because they're all volunteer. That's most, right. Most of them. So, so, did you have any problem with that transition? Uh, of course we did. <laughs> uh, Try to remember back twenty years. Church folks don't do what you want them to do. Right. And, Not always. <laughs> uh, that's why the Lord called them sheep, I guess, yeah. and said they were some goats. So. Right, right. Uh, some people are a little more stubborn. Yeah. But you know, I uh, over the years, I, I I would not have done anything different. Uh, really? No. Yeah. Uh, the people, you know, th- there's a time frame where they're trying to figure you out, and you're figuring sure, it out. Sure. And uh, once that's done, then you learn how to work with one another. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's some things that a pastor can get people to do, and there's some things they're just not going to do. It's just not going to happen. So you just don't get mad <laughs> yeah. about it. You just try to get people to, that you need to do what they need to do. I remember I, I came to a time once to where I realized, you know, they're not they're not following me. So maybe I better back up, kind of find out where they're at. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll work better than it's easy. Sometimes you just feel like you're just beating your head against the wall and it's just not happening. And then sometimes you just have to stop and reevaluate everything. And say, well let's 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 see what we can do different. And if you can get on the same page, I find that to be helpful. Yeah. And, and uh, not everybody's going to be on my page <laughs> as such. No. So if I can kind of figure out where their heart is, maybe we can put it all together and do something positive for the kingdom. And that's really what it's all about. It's, it's about the kingdom. That's why we're here. And how how we serve and the best way to serve and, and uh, that sort of thing. And then sometimes it's the reality is that not everybody's going to mesh. And that's painful sometimes. Because sometimes you have people that say, well, I just don't think I can work with this pastor. And then they, they go find whatever they need somewhere else. And uh, that's hard. That's hard for a pastor to go through that. And I, you know, it's, it's to me, it's sorrowful. But then sometimes you just realize that's just the way it's going to be. And and one thing that I've I've always said this, if, if you can, and this would be, a, I think, a word to anybody that you may be going through a situation in your life, at your church, maybe you're a pastor. And uh, there's just some things going on, and you realize there's, there's about to be a parting of the ways. If you can take this spirit to say, hey, I understand that, that God's calling you to do something different, and, and we're here, but I bless you in the name of Jesus, and I send you out. If we could do that, you know, because a lot of times that's not the way it happens, unfortunately. But I do do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, but I, I've never sent anybody away without blessing them. Yeah, but but it, yeah. isn't that so much more positive? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Than, than some of the stories that you hear, people who leave and they, they become bitter and, and you get all that sort of thing. And that's, that's just not product, productive in the kingdom of God. It's just it's just not biblical. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, so uh, I'm just putting they, that word out there. If maybe you're a pastor or maybe you're on the other end of it, uh, don't let bitterness be a part of it. I mean, They so, don't belong to you. No, that's true. That's true. They belong to God. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is that uh, the expression I use a lot of times, you have to guard your heart. You just have to guard your heart. You do. And don't, don't allow the enemy to come in and do things that would be displeasing to the Father. And you have to learn that, too. I mean, you have to begin to see how things are going uh-huh. and what direction they're taking. And you can typically see you know how things are going the wrong way right and uh you need to find first of all do i have the right perspective in this and two uh regardless what their decision is can you accept that i uh-huh. love them and send them on their way and uh you know i i think it's imperative that pastors do that and they always uh and, and there's people that hurt you there's people that do you wrong but are you going to love them anyway? Right, right, right. And, one, you know, and Jesus was no different. I mean, look at what the people did to him, and he loved them all. Yeah, he said, Father, forgive them. And, they don't know what they're doing. And yeah. he keeps telling us to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are such positive words, Brother Coleman, because the kingdom of God needs to know that. Yes, that, they uh, do. Because uh, there's just no place. There's just no place for anger and bitterness and resentment. It's just, it's not productive to the kingdom. And we're living in such a, <laughs> such an age. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know about how you feel about it, but it seems like the world is just different now than, than I've ever seen it before. And if there was a time where the church needs to be the most effective we could possibly be, it's now. We need to have more that. so than ever. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. agree we got to have a strong, positive presence. And yes, sometimes, as you said it, sometimes people hurt you yeah, because they're do. people. But there's people. But can you forgive? Yeah. And of course, Jesus was a perfect example of people who hurt him and he forgave them that's and right. such. And that's what the scripture teaches us to, to have that type of a heart within us so that the kingdom of God will uh, continue to progress, expand. Now, go back just a little bit. Now, when you came out of the Navy, did you go someplace to, for training to, to be to, for the work of the ministry? No. No? I uh, I did go to school. You know, I, I, I got a degree in, in ministry. I mean, in theology. Okay. Well, that's training. Yeah. And okay. So, yeah, I did that. And, uh, because I was thinking, I mean, you were working, and then you were doing the prison ministry. Uh, you had to find time to do that. Yeah. But you did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it anyway. Now, how, how long did that process take? Uh, that wasn't, you know, I had a degree in education that okay. I got through the Navy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Southern Illinois University. So. Okay. But, uh, and I never thought I'd use an education degree. I just... You know, it was what was available to me. Right, right. So I I did that, and, you know, I I teach every day now. So So now when you uh, were going through this training, was was this uh, more of a correspondence type of thing, or was it an actual place that you were going to? There was a church that had, uh, I don't know if you know Jacksonville Theological Seminary. No, I'm not familiar with that. They had classes in churches and 
Okay. And you did some stuff at home. Okay. And, uh, that's so so this is this is really a uh, kind of a ministry training center. They're, they're, they were there to train for ministry. Oh yeah, they yeah. were. Matter of fact, it was a Foursquare Church. Uh, okay, I'm uh, very familiar. Ministry. Yeah, uh, I'm very familiar with Foursquare because uh, the Open Bible Churches came out of Foursquare, yeah. and so, and of course, on the West Coast, Foursquare is huge <laughs> out there. Yeah, Jack Hayford. Oh yeah, yeah. And matter of fact, our Bible College in Eugene, Oregon, at one time had more Foursquare students in it than it did Open Open Bible students. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Okay, so they, there was a, a a facility there for for your benefit. Yeah, that you could train yeah. as you were doing secular work and doing prison ministry. Right, that God was provide that for you, and yes, it was a, a time of training. And, and I think these things are important. I think that uh, we benefit from the training. I I was privileged because I, I was in Pensacola, the Liberty Bible College was operating in Summerall had started the school and, and I was able to go through that for the after I got out of the Navy and of course having the GI Bill didn't didn't hurt no <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I look back on it and I said you know, they didn't teach me everything but they taught me a lot yeah and then there's some things you're just gonna have to learn the hard way mm. <laughs> you know they don't you know in Bible colleges you don't generally get a whole lot of instruction about buildings and facilities now brother Summerall the president of this college sometimes he would just come in to take over class and he'd just sit there and just tell you practical things and boy I look back on some of those things and said those are really good times oh, those are experiences yeah I didn't really realize how beneficial it would be because when you become a pastor you not only become a pastor you become the uh, superintendent of a, of a facility if the church owns right. a building I was talking to a, a gentleman uh, this week because he'd come out to, to do work on air conditioners like in the building we're in right now there's five air conditioning units okay now that's compared to some buildings that's just a few oh yeah I mean you have some buildings that have these huge facilities as a pastor now you may not be directly you, you may have staff people who will handle some of those things but it's still your responsibilities and then you got yeah. you got uh, just all kinds of things so that's just one aspect of ministry that's not quote hands on no. You know, I mean, you, you, you love to be able to do the, the preaching and the, and the counseling. And and you the, may be uh, pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But these other things have to be done yeah. in order to, to provide for a facility. So, like I said, having that training is very beneficial. Yeah. But now you were uh, a person who was older in life when you went into the ministry. Yeah. And uh, I think that there's a great demand for that. Uh, for what I'm hearing now, and, and through uh, Barna and some of his research and things, is that there's a decline in young people going into the ministry and even going to the seminaries and things of that nature. So that's going to call upon a lot of the um, people who are older in life. Maybe at, at, there was a time when they felt a tug, but they didn't respond to it. And maybe God's renewing that. And, and Let's think, hope so. <laughs> but the thing about it is that because of your background, you were able to step into a church and 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 have success where maybe somebody who's a little younger might have, might have had more of a struggle with it. Well, they would have had struggles with people. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, the managing the, the, the ministries and things within the church, you know, and the, 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 there has to be a focal point in a church where ministry comes out of. You uh -huh. know, you, you, know you, you can't have a whole lot of people 
controlling uh, the ministry without some some person that can filter those things. Uh-huh. And uh, so leadership skills are important. Sure. Of course. Because you got to know how to, to, to talk to those people that you're using to do ministries right, and right, lead ministries. Right. And, and 24 years in the Navy kind of teaches you a few of those things. <laughs> yeah, it did. And, you know, my dad, uh, we worked. We, we learned how to work when we were little kids. And so... And he taught me how to build. He taught me how to do all the things that, you know. So all of those things help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, in the years that you have been pastoring at the church, have you have you gone through any of those type of projects where you've had to add on a room or things of that nature, manage and all yeah. that sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you say, okay, I, I, I have a friend of mine that was uh, pastoring down in Largo, and uh, they've got to build an addition to the church. And uh, he said, "Well, church is kind of having a tough time right now." He says, "I, I think I'm going to go get a get a part time job." I said, "Brother, that might have worked last year, <laughs> but if you're fixing to go into a building project, no, that, that's not going to work because you can you can hire it out and you can have contractors, but if you're not there, keep an eye on it." It's going to go south on you. I'm just going yeah. to tell you. And, and so, and typically, you're going to be that person that watches every little thing that yeah. needs to be watched over. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the people who are who are doing the work, the it's a job to them. But yeah. to you, this is this is this is what God called you to do. And we're building this facility so that we can expand the gospel. You want things right. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, all of those things are are. are part of it the dealing with the people finding what what the calling is for the church that you're pastoring because not every church is alike because churches certainly have personalities oh they do and many times they take on the personality of the pastor but you know all of these things are things you go before god and say god okay where are you leading us in this church because i mean you got churches all over town and they're all doing good work but not everybody does the same thing, and, and we shouldn't be doing the same thing. Yeah. So, so this is like Nehemiah's wall. You know, where's that part that I should be building on it? And uh, that's as God would give me to do. So, those are all things that, as you going into the ministry at an older age, with your experience and background, you were able to help stir the church as such. As a, yeah, I think it was definitely a plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now. What's the future look like for you? Where's God leading you? Well, here's the thing that there, there's a lot of things you plan to do. You know, uh-huh. you, you take a church and, and you feel that the Lord is leading you to do certain things. And, uh, what you, if you're a first time pastor like me, what you don't understand is, uh, God has to position people and assets and things. For things to take place that you think need to take place, uh-huh. and but uh, so sometimes we, uh, I am very much aware of the spirit of the Lord moving all over the world today, like never before. I've never been encouraged like today. I've never had the hope that I have today, and I never wake. I never woke up with the joy and the peace of God in spite of. All these things that I've been planning for 20 years, most of those things still haven't happened. Uh-huh. But here's what I know. They could happen tomorrow. Wow. You know, and to be honest with you, 
I still see those things happening. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the thing, you know, I, I, I've been preaching the same thing. I've been saying the same thing for 20 years because I still believe them. Uh-huh. For instance? Well, I, you know, church growth, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, impact upon a, a city, a church, a, a uh-huh. neighborhood. Right. All of those things, you know, as you uh, join a church and you, you get involved with it and stuff, you know, there's expectations, you know, there's desires. And and what's fell away too much today is the people volunteering to help do those ministries, uh-huh. to build I hear you. the ministries that God. <laughs> and so what do I hear you? <laughs> it's not, the, the, there's not a dedication to the Lord. Uh, they're, they're dedicated to doing other things. Uh-huh. And they, unfortunately, that's a society yeah. that we live in, and it's the one that they – uh, there's certain people uh, that's been creating this society that we're in for over 50 years. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, the church sat back and let it happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just generational because uh, as a new generation comes on the scene, they don't, they don't necessarily see things as the other generation did as such. But they were taught not to see it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's uh, I, I believe you're right about yeah. that. So, so now as a, as a pastor, you're trying to instill those things. In your congregation, yeah, because yeah. Uh, as as we would say in the Navy, it's got to be all hands on deck. Yeah. <laughs> we need everybody, we need everybody involved in, in this kingdom work. Well, here's here's the other thing that I believe that's happening and it's going to happen is there's probably at least three generations out there that you know have been really without the Lord, and uh, but the, this twenties and thirties generation here are be, are going to be the ones that fill up churches. And seek the Lord's power and authority, and do the work of ministry. And it's it's at hand. I believe it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. And so that, Lord, let let that happen. Let it happen quickly, because we're going to have to train them. Yeah, you know. But the thing about it is that uh, as we come to what I'm thinking is a, is the end of an age, because as a yeah, fact, you and I. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's true too. But but the last Sunday. The, the show last Sunday, the whole, I didn't have a guest in the studio, and I talked the whole show about the, the coming of the Lord, the God's return, return for his church. Oh, in fact, good. I got so caught up in that, I didn't even make my announcements last week. <laughs> you know, I didn't even tell, talk about Freedom Road or anything, because I was so focused on that reality that I do believe we're coming to that age yeah. Because we're seeing the signs of the, of, of the times, and God's going to wrap this thing up. He's going to call his church home. And uh, this the the younger generation needs to know that passion. And I know that my pastor, when I was in Pensacola, I mean, he preached to us about the coming of the Lord. I mean, he, he had us sitting on ready. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we were, at any moment, the trumpet's going to sound, and God's going to call his church home. But, you know, the Scripture talks about it. He says, you know, it's been a long time since we've been talking about this and nothing has happened. That's a, the third chapter of Second Peter. And yeah. he says, well, it's been a long time, nothing happened. And you can find yourself fall, being, being called into that and just kind of falling asleep. Well, yeah. that's the that's the parable of the virgins, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, those, asleep. Yeah, those those that were not ready, and then the bridegroom came, and the door was shut, and people been left behind. And as a pastor, that breaks my heart to realize that the generation that would be, uh, well, that would have to endure this. You know, when when God calls the church out, it's going to get tough. You think it's think it's hard now? 
yeah. find out what it really is like to be hard and such. <laughs> so, and you mentioned it, you know, you and I were close to the same age. Yeah. And we're looking at a, we're going to be passing the torch here before long. At some point, you have yeah. to do that. Yeah. And, and so the, the younger pastors, younger leaders would rise up and have the passion and compassion that I believe that many of our generation have had for the gospel and the and this edifying of the church and just people being saved and coming to Christ and going to heaven. <laughs> Here's you know, look at the disciples. Yeah. Look at. Good. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the disciples had their agenda. Right. I'm going to be part of the leadership uh-huh, of the kingdom, uh-huh. and their focus was not on the people. Right. And loving the people. Matter of fact, they showed things along the way where Jesus had to get on to them. Right. About oh, he the did. People. He rebuked them. Yeah. And look what happened when the Holy Spirit touched them. Oh, bye. When they were filled with the yeah. Spirit of yeah. God. Preach it, brother. And we <laughs> have got to be filled Hallelujah. with the Spirit. Yeah. We cannot live this life today yeah. without walking in the Spirit, talking in the yeah. Spirit. Living in the spirit, I can see they fill with Jerusalem. With I feel the anointing the right now. Yeah. Just saying, yeah, they fill fill the whole city with their doctrine. That's where we need to be. But right but, now, we got to go to prayer because we're just about done here. This, this, okay, the thing's gonna start beeping if I don't get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for Brother Coleman, for this opportunity to share the gospel through talk here on the radio. Father God, anoint, anoint. Uh, the Christian Life Fellowship, Freedom Road, Father God, for all of our churches, Father, all of our pastors. Father, we do pray for peace in this world. And Father, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Coleman, thanks for coming a bit on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed enjoyed having you here. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.